You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Summit, and boy, do I have a treat for you. I have the legendary Bruce Neeland, and if you don't know Bruce Neeland, then you're probably really young and new to pharmacy because I think everyone uh, knows who Bruce Neeland is. So, Bruce, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, um, as redundant as it may be, um, so make sure that everybody in the audience uh, knows you. Well, and thank you, and hello, everybody, and first of all, congratulations for taking your time to participate in a project like this. Um, Lisa is a powerhouse, and and uh, as you follow her and, and, and learn from her, you're going to learn some amazing things that will help you run a more profitable pharmacy. Uh, as Lisa said, my name is Bruce Neeland. I am that old guy who just won't give up and go away, and it's funny. I've been in the business for about 45 years now. I actually retired in 2013 and thought I would be done with um with my pharmacy career, but um, good old friends kept calling me up and asking me to do this, that, or whatever. And so I'm still uh, still kicking and, and I love the profession. I love the industry. I am not a pharmacist. I had just been in the business my whole life. And um, I think two things are true about the profession of pharmacy at the moment. Uh, it's a glorious time for pharmacy in terms of public relations, goodwill, and what everyone everyone. I don't know that everyone's done anything, but a lot of uh, pharmacies have stepped up and really proven their mettle in this COVID issue. And for those of you who have done that, thank you so much for that. The other thing that keeps me going is I genuinely believe that healthcare is the closest thing we have in this country to a national religion. It's uh, it's important. It's uh, something that we can talk about uh, makes us feel good. And, and more importantly, if we do it right, we help real people with real problems. And uh, that's kind of where I come from. I think everybody needs a good pharmacist. And um, a little bit of the stuff that we're at Lisa and I are going to talk about today, hopefully will help you figure out how to not be a better pharmacist, but how to get more people to come in and use you. So um, that's me. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you, Bruce. I'm so glad you didn't uh, stay in retirement. Uh, you know, if, if you're not following Bruce, he has a wonderful podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, he also does a great summer series where he travels around and visits pharmacies. Um, obviously, that took a little hiatus during uh, COVID, but yeah. hopefully uh, this year you'll, you'll get to be able to be back in the saddle. But you've introduced us to so many pharmacies uh, in, in so many uh, different areas. It's, it's just fantastic. And really, that's why I wanted you on today is you have probably spoken to more independent pharmacy owners than any other single person that I know. And you get to know them on a, on a real level, not just, hi, great seeing you. Like you interview them, you talk to them, you find out what's working in their business and what's not working in their business. And so I wanted to glean some of that insight from you for our attendees that what is working? <laughs> what, what do you yeah. see? You know, you've seen the successful pharmacies and you've seen the not so successful. What, what difference is there and what, what can somebody do to become more successful? And I think, you know, you've laid out that plan today to, to talk about that. 
Well, yeah, what I've kind of prepared for, for this program is something they call several, seven, it's easy for me to say, seven simple pharmacy ad programs. And it is a gleaning of things that I have seen pharmacists do. And I guess the most important criteria, they are simple. They're not going to cost you any money. Um, they're proven. They absolutely work. I've seen them work. And so we'll jump in and just talk about some of those, okay? Awesome. Let's go. Okay. So first one, and I hope this really works, but um, want to talk about the reason that you advertise. And there's some misconceptions about that. So I've got five things that you try to accomplish when you're advertising. Um, and advertising doesn't mean buying ads. Uh, it means something that you do in order to attract attention to yourself. So the first reason you advertise, and this is the one that escapes most people, you advertise so that you stop losing patients. And it's hard to know whether you would have lost a patient or not. But the fact of the matter is, is the competition is out there every day, uh, enticing your customers to come trade with them. Uh, you know, RX transfer coupons, uh, whatever it may be. So your advertising has to give your current customers some reason for them to stay with you. Um, if you're married, you probably know it's a good, a good thing to tell your spouse every once in a while that you love them and that you're glad that you married them. You need to do that for your customers. You need to give them some reason, some conscious reason why they want to stay with you. The next reason you want to advertise is you want to get those people to buy one more thing when they're in your pharmacy or in today's consciousness, one more thing when they have a curbside pickup or when they go through the drive-in window. You've got to give them some reason to buy something else when they're there. Uh, you've all experienced it. You go to McDonald's and they say, do you want fries with that? Uh, so point of purchase uh, materials, uh, handbills, those kinds of things in the store matter and they help uh, increase your profits. The next thing you want to do is to give a current customer a reason to come back more often. Um, so, you know, uh, circulars are not a big thing in pharmacy like they were 20, 30 years ago, but that's the biggest payoff of running a circular. Somebody who's already your customer gets the thing, see you have a special on, you know, Coke for 99 cents for a two liter or, you know, cough and cold season allergy stuff. They come back and buy something when they wouldn't have come back anyway. The, the other one, and we'll, we'll talk about customer referrals as a specific issue, but if you're going to ask your customers to tell their neighbors and friends and relatives to trade in your pharmacy, you've got to put something in their mind that they can tell them about. So your ad does that. Those four things are your best ROI on advertising. The reason most people think they advertise is for number five. You want to get a new customer, and you certainly want to do that, um, and your ads need to be done well so that they will help you do that, which brings us to point number two. Pharmacists tell me all the time advertising just doesn't work. Um, I say hogwash. You make a crummy ad if your ad's not working. Um, so, um, you know, ads do work. Um, my wife and I are old and is, you might make some of you laugh, but we actually watch live TV every once in a while. And uh, mostly for the news or something like that. But 
people are spending gazillions of dollars on advertising and um, they're smart people and they're not doing it because they don't work. Um, the real problem is you need to figure out something to say that will have meaning and appeal to your customers. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not an expert in social media, so I can't help you with Facebook ads and those kinds of things. I can, I can tell you my bias is that if you're gonna be doing those kinds of things, you probably ought to have somebody helping you do them. Um, when you're advertising, it's important to be able to benchmark and measure against uh, against other things. And if you're doing your Facebook ads on your own, how do you know whether your response is good, bad, or indifferent? So having the ability to compare and use somebody who can help you do that, that's a topic for somebody else, not for me. What I'm gonna tell you is you have to have something good to say. You have to say it well. And, um, you know, years and years ago, I was worried. It was just one of the strangest office experiences I've ever had. A guy came up to me and and um, I, who was a colleague, and he was holding an airline magazine, and he just said, "Huh, this is interesting." And it was a ad for a hotel. Um, the point being is is that they had this. I remember this for thirty years later. They had an ad talking about their hotel, and they said, we have thick, thirsty towels. Now, <laughs> you know, I've stayed in some Motel 6s, and they have crummy, scratchy towels. Um, the point is, is that some copywriter somewhere figured out that alliteration, thick, thirsty towels, and it just jumped out. And, and the point is you have to figure out how to say things well. You have to have something good to say. You have to say it well. The best example I can, I can think of for the importance of words, um, for those of you who are married, I, I can imagine that at one point in time when you were dating, you looked at your spouse and you said something like, Man, when I'm with you and look into your face, time stands still. And that just resonates. The hair stands up on my neck as I say it. Or you could say, you have a face that would stop a clock. Um, so <laughs> same message, but the wording has been crafted. Um, so when you're going to write an ad, you have to figure out something important to say, something that will mean something to people. And you have to say it well. Um, and that's not something you do in five minutes. Um, so think about that. The, the other thing you have to do is say it often. Repetition builds remembrance. You're going to get tired of saying it. Your staff is going to get tired of saying it. And I'm talking about conversations you have with people at the counter. We'll explain some context on that in a little bit. But you have to say it often. And then you have to say it in the right place. And, you know, this is one of those things I hesitate to say, but um, I, I guess the women don't have it. But when men go into a public public restroom, you stand in at the urinal for 35 seconds or whatever. The clever people have put an ad there and um, you can't avoid it. And if you're a male and you're, I mean, it's just a way to get a message across. So advertising on urinals is the right thing for some people to do. So find the right place to do it, whether it's a local newspaper. Frankly, in many cases, it's going to be point of purchase materials in your pharmacy. Doesn't need to cost money, but you have to say it in the right place. So ads will work. 
the 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 advertising on TV thing again comes to mind. I am just blown away with the success of the weather tech people, the people who make those laser fitted uh, uh, yep, rubber like mats. Yeah, mats and yeah, the seat cover yeah. cool. Yep. I'm old enough to remember when cars came with rubber floor mats and you paid extra to get carpeted ones. And, uh, you know, finally I get cars and they have carpeted mats. And now my wife is wanting me to pay a hundred bucks to get rubber floor mats for my car. It irritates the bejesus out of me, but that's a guy who's made a fortune out of advertising. Uh, the my pillow guy boggles my mind. He takes a simple product like a pillow, puts some fancy thing in it that may or may not make any difference, and he becomes the richest guy in the world selling pillows. Ads work. You just have to figure out how to make say the right thing to the right people in the right way. So, next thing I want to suggest. This is one of my favorite things is special orders. Lisa, you see anybody doing anybody with special orders? No, that it, it's kind of uh, gone away with the past. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I visited a pharmacy. One of the good fortunes in my, I visited a pharmacy about 15 years ago, one of my first road trips. Uh, cute little pharmacy, uh, you know, traditional 2,500 square foot independent retail pharmacy in a suburban neighborhood. And this guy was the first guy who had shown me that this could be done in a powerful way. He was thinking about what he could do that would be different and unique and appeal to consumers. And he decided to sp for, for specialize in special orders. So that was what his ad campaign was. If you're out and visiting the big chain store and can't find what you want, come see me. If I don't have it, I'll get it. The two or three things that he did, and I've seen other people expand on this and frankly worked for a point of sale company for a couple of years, and, and we really preached it aggressively, was, you know, tell people that you can find things for them that they might not want. Let them know that while you're a small a little pharmacy, you've got a computer and you've got access to tens of thousands of items. And, and you know, a few people will take advantage of that, not many, but at least it's something you say that's different that people can digest and understand. And it emphasizes your personal service and your attention to detail. But then showmanship becomes important. So uh, this guy had created a nice little pad of paper. And when you asked for something, he wrote down what it was. It was tear off. He gave you a ticket with what it was. He told you that, hey, I'll, you know, I, I buy this today. It might be in tomorrow. When it comes in, I'll give you a call. And it just the showmanship around that was impressive. But here's the extra thinking that he did that just blew me away. And the fact of the matter is, if you've done special orders, a few times, you're probably irritated beyond measure because when you finally get the item in and call the person, what do they say? Oh, gee, John, I'm sorry, but I found it someplace else. I don't need it anymore. And here's where the human nature element comes in. And I had this exact experience at a true value store this week. When, when you call Mrs. Jones and say your oil of camphor came in or whatever the weird item was, and she says, gee, John, I'm sorry, I got it already. 
what you say is, wow, that's wonderful. I'm so happy you got what you needed. It's no problem. I can return it or I can put it on my shelf for somebody else. Just remember me next time you need something. And here's why you need to do that. I needed to do some stuff to, to spray my fruit trees. And um, so I went to four or five uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, and nobody had anything like this. So I finally went to the True Value store. And no, they didn't have it either, but they said, we can get it. And I said, gee, that's great. Go ahead and please do it. They told me it would take a week. Um, and we chatted a little bit about that for a while. They gave me a slip and I needed to spray the trees really quick because they were blooming. So I went two more places and I finally found it. I paid $5 more for it than I would have at the True Value store, but I sprayed my trees. And a week later, they called me and said, hey, you know, Mr. Neeland, your stuff is in. And I says, gee, I'm sorry, but I got it. And they said, no problem. Uh, we needed to have it in stock anyway. The point is, is in your pharmacy, if you've done a favor for them and then they get it, they're afraid to come back. They don't want to look you in the face. So you have to handle that. You have to have a system for when Sally orders it on Tuesday night and it comes in on Wednesday morning and Fred's checking the items in, you need to have a, a note or a process of when Fred scans it and this weird item came in, he doesn't know where to put it, that it'll alert Fred that Sally ordered it so that Fred can call Mrs. Jones and tell her that it came in. But it's a wonderful business. Uh, you can turn, you know, you turn the item over quick and get somebody to come into the pharmacy two or three times. And more importantly, it leads us to item number four is one of the most important marketing advertising programs you can have is a customer referral program. Now, think about customer referrals. Everybody wants customer referrals, but when somebody comes into your pharmacy with a prescription and you fill it and you charge them $5 copay and send them home, they're not gonna talk about that. Nothing special happened. But when somebody has had an experience with a special order with you, what do they have an opportunity to do, Lisa? They get to tell their friends and family. It's, a, it's an unusual positive experience. And so it helps build a customer referral program. If you're not doing a well thought out, coordinated customer referral program, um, shame on you. It, uh, it's something that is simple, it's easy to do, but it takes effort, it takes planning. So there's three or four things about a customer referral program that I would suggest that you do. Number one is you need to have something like this that you can give people. Props, they're important. Um, and um, so, you know, you can create something simple. One of your marketing agency people certainly has something like this. This is something I created. I have a PDF of it. And some of these things I'd be happy to send anybody if they'll email me and ask. Um, my email address is B as in Bruce, F as in Frank, Neeland, K-N-E-E-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I'll repeat that again in another place. But um, I can send you samples of some of these things so you can see how the wording. But the point is, is you have to have something to give to your person 
And what do we go back to for advertising? You have to have something to say. So um, most customer referral programs, and Lisa, I'd be fascinated to hear your, your uh, comments on this, are built around um, some kind of economic value. I've seen them go as high as $20. Um, I don't have a problem with an economic value. My bias is that economic value should be minor because I don't want Mrs. Jones to be referring somebody to your pharmacy for $20 and for her friend Sally to know that she's doing it for $20. There's just a social element of that that intrigues me. Mrs. Jones should be recommending your pharmacy to Sally because you did a special order, because you do medication synchronization, because you take time to talk, because you've helped her with a drug nutrient depletion issue. Um, and having a dollar value, and my suggestion at this point in time would be about $5. My suggestion is, is that that $5 should always be related to a purchase of your private label brand items so that people get in and, in, in, you know, that's a modest but meaningful enough amount that I don't think people skew ulterior motives to why you're recommending the pharmacy. Have you got any opinions on the yeah, dollar value? I, so I love referral programs. It's one of the number one things that I often do with, with pharmacies um, because you're right, many of them don't have it. And I am one that recommends the $20, um, but the way that the, it's all about the way that you do it is, Hey, we have a referral program. Did you know? Um, and, but what funny thing is, is in several of the pharmacies that I've owned and operated, I would say probably half or maybe even more than half of people never actually cash in the referral credits. Like we would have so many, I remember when I sold my first pharmacy, that was one of the things where we had this list of people and they had all these cash credits for referral credits that they never used. And we were calling them. They're like, no, that's fine. You know, um, it, cause they really did do it because they got good service and, right. um, but having the referral credit. And then I had this other subset of patients that man, they referred and they, they referred because they loved us, but they were very happy to cash in that, that credit. Right. You know, it, it sometimes saved them with getting the Tylenol or the ibuprofen for their kids and those kinds of things. Um, and so I think if you do a referral program, it is nice to have the credit in there, but you have to make sure that you're like going back to what you said, you have to have something for people to talk about. If you have crappy service and you launch a referral program, then it's only going to be about the money and it's, and it's not going to be very successful. Even if you offer 20 bucks, that just isn't enough for people to uh, completely lie out through their teeth and say, go try this pharmacy. They're great. When in fact you're not. Um, so to me, it's, it's really, you have to have something good and positive for people to share first before you have a referral program and the, and, and this incentive, no matter what, what fee or what amount you want. And the other thing that I did is I always gave the referral credit to my current customer. I did not reward new patients. So I did ah, never, okay. I never did the transfer coupons or anything like that in my pharmacy. I rewarded my current customers because, um, tell you a little story and you, you've all seen this, but you know, when cable companies or cell phone companies run these big special ads on TV, talking about ads at work, I remember one year I called them up and I'm like, Hey, I, I want that service. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You're not eligible. I'm like, what am I not eligible? Well, you're a current customer. Well, so 
I've been a yeah. customer for five years and I want that package. Well, I'm sorry, that's only available for new customers. And I just thought that was so preposterous that you're willing to reward somebody who hasn't been giving you money and you're leaving someone like me who's been giving you money for five years and I don't get the reward. So when I, when I decided to open my first pharmacy, I made a rule that I was going to reward my loyal customers, right. not the new, the new customer's gift was my awesomeness was my staff's awesomeness. You know, everything that made us great and worthy of a referral, that was kind of their gift. And so that was my take on a referral program. Um, and that's how I kind of teach and, and walk pharmacies through and creating one is you, you have to have your stuff together first because you have to give them something positive to talk about first and reward your current customers. You know, don't do the transfer coupons. Don't bribe people to the pharmacy. Your good service and your good products is what, you know, should be bringing them in. Uh, amen. And, and uh, that's why we do these kinds of things, because we don't always have the same idea or opinions. And, and I uh, understand everything you've said and, and would encourage people to digest that on their own. The foundation for me, and I think we've come to that, is you have to have something good for people to talk about. And, um, and you know, uh, you've got, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is you're going to have to sit down with your staff and kind of wrestle with what are four or five of these linchpin things that we're going to say about our pharmacy. And, you know, it's just, it's a side thing, but you know, the notion of saying we have fast friendly service, uh, that if you have to say that you don't have it. Um, so it's, well, and that's, uh, that shouldn't be something special. I always say you yeah. should never advertise generalities. You should never advertise what's expected of a company. You you, right. you don't you don't pay to say I have fast friendly service because that's assumed. Like it's it's that's like the minimum bar. What you advertise is free delivery or advertise free flavoring or something that goes above and beyond above what and is beyond. normal in general and expected. And so when you and do the beauty, those things, the beauty is is that if you are a moderately successful pharmacy, you've got things that you're doing and it's flavoring, it's MedSync, it's medication packaging, it's medication reminders, it's, you know, those kinds of things that sometimes we gloss over and we don't realize are special that, that they are. So I'm going to go on to item number five, and this will segue from uh, the customer referral program to a new customer program. Um, my wife and I uh, served a, a volunteer mission for our church from 2013 to 2016, and we actually lived in five different towns in Colorado at that time. And the only reason for pointing that out is we moved five times in 30 months, for, moved five times in two years. Um, uh, the when we moved, I guess we moved six times in 30 months. But the, the point is, is that when we got to a new town, we needed to find a dry cleaners. We needed to find a pharmacy. My wife needed to find a hairdresser. And, and we were appalled at how when we went into a dry cleaners for the first time, that there was, they didn't do anything. I mean, you know, that you, you give them your clothes and they say they'll be ready on Thursday and, and you go back on Thursday and you pick them up and 
there was just no, hey, thanks for coming in. We're glad to see you. Did you know we do this, this, and this extra at our dry cleanings? And the same thing was true with the pharmacies. And, you know, with me, I know we got a little bit sidetracked because I certainly get off on a, a conversation with them about stuff, but nobody had a way to romance us and, and welcome us. And, you know, there's three or four pieces of this that I would suggest that you happen. And it comes back to the referral program. You get a new customer you have a referral program or some kind of card and you give them a card and you say, Hey, you know, these are three things about the pharmacy that I think you'll like. And was there somebody who suggested you come in and you pump them to see if Mrs. Jones suggested that you come in and then you let them know, well, thanks. We're going to send Mrs. Jones a thank you coupon for, you know, $20, $20 or $5 or whatever it is. And if you ever tell anybody to come into the pharmacy, we'll do that for you as well. Um, you need to have some things that you tell them. I certainly believe that you ought to have a, a, a workflow system for whoever it is at the cash register who greets this person that they they'd have something that they say like, oh, we're so happy you came in. I think you're gonna love it here. And then they stop and go get the owner or the pharmacy manager or whatever and have them come out and say something. I have been to a couple doctors in the last couple weeks and it just irritates me when they hand me the clipboard of six pages of stuff and say, fill this out. If you're just handing a clipboard to a new patient and saying, hey, you know, fill this thing out. We need to have your insurance information or whatever. Uh, you're, you're wasting an opportunity to really romance and, and, and nurture a customer. So help with that stuff. Uh, don't hit them with all the negative stuff first spread out the you know the need to get that information in bits and pieces and then mail them a thank you note um i had a chance to interview a, a, a owner of hometown pharmacy and he has a wonderful program that he outlined where you know they have a thank you note they have a follow-up phone call um and the thank you note should include what I've come to call a bounce back offer of something that gets them to come back into the pharmacy soon. Um, it shouldn't be pharma. I mean, it shouldn't be prescription related exclusively. I mean, you want them to come back. They're not going to need a prescription next week. So have something for them to come back in. You keep smiling at me. You got an idea or two. No, you're just preaching to the choir. I I have um, bounce back to bounce back template coupon. So if a pharmacy wants uh, to know what a bounce back coupon is, I have, you know, I've written blogs about that. I love new patient programs. I, you're absolutely spot on. You need to make new patients feel special. And um, it's, it's easy to do that. The folder that you showed from hometown is one way. We had these little drawstring backpacks where we put all the paperwork and everything inside yeah. and it came with the pen and it came with everything and it was all logoed. Um, so I could not agree more. I'm just, I'm excited that somebody else is as passionate about it as I am. <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, it's the, the standard cliche, but here's the question. How many times do you get to make a good first impression? Yeah, just the one. Just the one. Um, the next cliche is, is it easier to keep a patient or get a new one? Keep. Keep. So, you know, we've got to be building these things. And I would point out to this point, how much money have we spent on advertising? Not very much. Not very Minimal. much. 
printed printed materials and the classic. Well, I'm going to go ahead to the number six and and bring that in with this one. So this is one of my favorites. Yes. And um, it's a business card program. So I've been out of jobs several times in my life. And uh, yet I end up going to a pharmacy meeting of some sort. And I'm looking for work. And when people, you know, it, it's when people ask you what you do, you tell them what you do and you give them your business card. Well, uh, when I'm out of work, I print up business cards that just have my name and my phone number so I can give people a business card. It's kind of a social etiquette thing. Your employees, particularly your, your entry level or lower level employees, uh, interact with people in the neighborhood all the time. They go to birthday parties, they go to church socials or whatever. And what's the second most common question that comes up was, hey, what do you do for a living? Yep. Well, if, if, if your people have a business card, they can speak a little bit more about who they work for and what they do and hand somebody a business card. Now that's neat. It, it just makes your employees feel good to have one. You've invested the 20 bucks and given them 500 business cards. But here's what I've seen a couple clever pharmacists do with their people that I just love. They are authorized to when they have an opportunity to meet somebody and they talk about what they do and they find out whether the person's ever been to the pharmacy or to your point, it wouldn't even matter if they had, you want to give a good cut. They're just authorized to take on the back of that business card and write this card good for $5 off the purchase of any private label program product. And then they can say, hey, we got, you know, dozens of products, anything you want. There's no extra purchase that is necessary. Just go into the pharmacy, show the clerk the card, and you get $5 off the purchase of any of your private label products. That gives somebody a reason to come into your pharmacy. Hey, I'm a friend of John. But then the real trick is, is if Mary Smith came in with John, your employee's business card, and redeems a $5 coupon on the business card, where does that card go? goes in the cash register, you ring out the cash and count for it, and then you take a $5 bill out of the cash register and you go give it to John and say, John, thanks so much for suggesting our pharmacy to somebody else. Um, that cost you five hard bucks after somebody came into the pharmacy, and it cost you $5 off the purchase of any uh, private label product in your store. And Lisa, do you think anybody comes in and spends $4.99 for the private label stuff? No, they'll spend 10, 15, 20. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you've got somebody who came into the pharmacy for the first time. Um, they may not fill a prescription, uh, but you've had a chance to introduce them. And if you've got a good new customer program, hold it up a little bit better. If you start closing the loop, these things start becoming synergistic. So yep. at this point, all you've spent is a little bit of money on business cards, which make your employees better anyway, uh, and redeeming, uh, redeeming coupons. The only item that I'm gonna close with that will cost you any money before it works is a new move-in program. And your wholesalers, your buying group can all plug you into companies that have the ability to do this kind of thing. Here's a couple facts and, and why I think it's the base program that virtually every pharmacy should have. Most people, somewhere between 5 to 10% of your population moves every year. 
when somebody leaves your area, your trade area, somebody moves into that apartment or home, most of the time they're coming from further away. The stats I read say about two thirds of the moves are out of the county or out of the state. But even if somebody just moved across town, the way they drive through town changes their purchasing patterns. So people are coming to your town or your trade area who have never heard of you, have no idea what your reputation is, and they're gonna need a pharmacy. So this is the one ad that you do where you're not trying to steal somebody from somebody else. They're a free agent, they can be, you know, they can be persuaded, but they're gonna drive down your main street and they're gonna see a CVS sign and a Walgreens sign and a Walmart sign. And, you know, most of you guys, guys and gals, and I'm sorry, but guys means anybody anymore. Um, have, don't have big signs and don't have visible locations. Uh, Lisa can attest to this. If I get on an airplane, sit down to somebody and ask, they ask, what do you do? I say, I work with independent pharmacies. They will always look at me and say, are there any of those left? Are there any of those left? Oh, oh there's, there's still some of those? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the biggest secret in the world is there's an independent drugstore around the corner from where you live, but they just don't realize you're there. So if they move into the community, give them something. And here's where I will agree with Lisa. This is where I want you to go big. Um, you, 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 you need to give them $20, $25 worth of something. My personal favorite for the new move-in program is a, a, a card or a letter or whatever. But what you're going to want to say is, hey, um, you've just moved. You got all that crappy hydrocortisone cream that you threw out, the triple antibiotic ointment that you threw out. Come in and refurbish your medicine cabinet. Um, and I, you know, I like a $25 value on any purchases of private label items that will refurbish your medicine cabinet. I love free and the next best thing, and you can look at my triple chins and tell that I've eaten a few too many sweets, but if, if you've got boxed candy or something like that that you have that's, uh, you know, give them a pound of Whitman's chocolates or something like that. You want to get them in the pharmacy, then you hit them with the new move-in program uh, or the, you know, the new customer program, and this stuff just all fits together. Um, so those are my seven best thoughts for simple, affordable, effective pharmacy marketing. And, and I wanna, I'm gonna close with two things, but the, the, the whole foundation of this is you gotta figure out what your unique selling proposition or propositions are. You've gotta be delivering on that. So the, the foundation, and fortunately most of you have it, you just don't romance it. You have to have an exceptional pharmacy. You've got to be taking good care of people, um, but then you got to find some way to say something. And you know, Lisa and I reiterated a couple of those things: flavoring, delivery, after-hours emergency service. The uh, you know those kinds of things that you can talk about that you can point to in a three-panel brochure uh, are helpful for that. The last thing I want to do, and this is self-serving, but. Um, you know, I, I with, with COVID, I have not been able to get in my car and travel and see pharmacies like I've done over the years. And that's just been a wonderful thing. But I have started this podcast program. And uh, the podcast is called Pharmacy Crossroads. It is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. 
um, which is a remarkable thing that Todd Urey has built with 30 plus hosts covering all aspects of pharmacy. But uh, my pharmacy crossroads is geared towards what I know and love, independent community and small chain pharmacy. And um, I just have an opportunity to talk to people uh, and like Lisa and I are doing and say, hey, tell us what you're doing in your pharmacy that's working. And uh, you can find that at www.pharmacycrossroads.com. So Lisa, with that, I think I'm about ready to um, go get a drink and a drink <laughs> of water, get a drink of water, I would say, and clear my throat and, and let you move on. So thank you. That was absolutely wonderful, Bruce. You hit on so many like key foundational things that are overlooked so much but yet can have such a big impact on your, on your pharmacy. Um, I, I'm ecstatic that you mentioned them. They're some of my favorite go-to strategies. So thank you for carving out some time from your busy day. I do highly recommend you go listen to the Pharmacy Crossroads uh, podcast. It is a fantastic show. Uh, you can subscribe to it for, through all your normal listening channels and get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And uh, follow Bruce on his social channels because when he gets back out on the road and starts talking about pharmacies, you might actually learn something or two because he does share information about each pharmacy. So thank you, Bruce. Thank you for joining us at the Pharmacy Profit Summit. I thank you so very much. Take care.